Welcome to Odd Bits and End Pieces, a podcast about nothing in particular, but focused on fun, music, and current events. And by current events, we mean anything that has ever happened anywhere at any time. Let's meet the Odd Bits and End Pieces players. Riley McNutt, John Paul Gamoki, Lee Johnson, Anita Ruth, Joan Griffith, sound engineer Jose Rodriguez, Bradley Greenwald, and Jennifer Baldwin-Peden. Odd Bits and End Pieces would like to thank the City of Bloomington and Leah Hughes for allowing us the use of their facilities, and Cece Haynes for her generous financial support. Two Bits. Hey, honey, could you get me a tissue or two? I've got a cut on my foot I want to clean up, and I don't want to put any pressure on it. Well, sure, Dad. Uh, there you go. Wow, that looks nasty. They should outlaw nail clippers from people like me. Uh, can I ask you something? Sure, go ahead. The next time you ask, could you say please? I thought I did. No, you said could you. You were polite, but it would be nice to hear a please. Uh, of course. If I remember. <laughs> All I'm asking is for you to try. But if I ask politely and with respect, isn't that enough? Sure, but it, it shows a little more respect to the person you're asking when you say the magic word. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't think please or any other one word is really magic. I think it's the thought of the construction of the sentence that matters. Okay. Sorry I asked. Forget about it. No, honey. Obviously, this has upset you, and this is worth talking about. I'm not upset. Well, it sure sounds like it. Your tone is getting louder, and your face is getting beat red. My tone is getting louder because you're being ridiculous. Well, how am I being ridiculous? I asked you nicely for something, and you go off like I ordered you to do hard labor. You can never say a simple sorry. Just one word. You've got to dissect every little thing, and then it becomes a big thing. Just one word, huh? First, I'm not saying please, and now I'm not saying sorry. Which, which word do you want? Both. I would like you to take ownership for what you say and don't say. Respect is a two-way street. And you seem to be driving down a one-way street when you're ordering me around like this. And you seem to be driving the wrong way down the one-way street. Now you're a policeman? I think you mean police woman. No, I meant policeman. The term covers all police people. It's like firemen. It means everyone who is fighting fires. It especially means that if you're still living in the 50s. Don't get all uppity with me about all this PC crap. You can't be ordering me around about how I say things about what I mean. I'm not ordering you around. I'm asking politely for you to consider using the words please and sorry, especially when you're asking for something. Honey, listen to me. My foot was bleeding like a stuck pig. I couldn't walk. I simply asked for help. And all you care about is that I didn't say please or sorry. Dad, you are overreacting. Well, say that when the ambulance picks me up and the surgeon decides to amputate my foot. Oh, 
my God, you barely broke a nail on your big toe and you're acting like they're going to amputate your whole leg. Well, they could. I've seen a whole leg amputated on TV for a whole lot less. Oh, yeah. On what, Dr. Dumbass? No, on Fox. Four Bits. The musical selection for this episode of Odd Bits and End Pieces is Easy Living, a song written in 1937 by Ralph Ranger and Leo Robin for a movie of the same name. The song has become a beloved and often recorded jazz standard. The Billie Holiday recording with pianist Teddy Wilson is a beautiful rendition of this song, and this recording has a cameo role in the movie Carol, starring Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. The version performed here is by Terry Elliott on violin, Anita Ruth on piano, and Joan Griffith on guitar.
Six bits. Game show. Good evening and welcome to the Odd Bits and End Pieces Game Show. The game show where there are no rules and no one cares except Anita Ruth. Okay, today's guests are Bradley Greenwald, Jennifer Baldwin Peden, and Anita Ruth. Hi everybody, how are you? It doesn't count if you don't play by the rules. Oh, who doesn't play by the rules, you, Anita? You don't. I make the rules, Anita. Let's love and Mom let love. Mom and Dad, stop fighting. <laughs> yes, okay, yeah. our first question. Including the current one, how many U.S. presidents have there been? Yes, Jennifer. Uh, forty-five. No, forty-five is wrong. Forty-seven. Forty-seven is incorrect. Yes, Anita. Forty-six. Forty-six. Six. Yes, I know. Yeah, you. Trump was forty-five. Oh, you I feel kiddies. stuck in <laughs> yeah. that trench. Okay, still. Anita's got the early lead. Question number two: What is the most common bird in the world? Yes, Jennifer. Uh, uh, is not an answer. A pigeon. Pigeon is not right, but a good answer. Yes, Bradley. The gull. The gull is incorrect. Anita. The sparrow. No, you're all chicken? wrong. It's the domestic chicken. Chicken, damn it. Yeah, because we eat them. 50 billion domestic chicken chickens. Wow. Hey, it is a bird in my neck of the woods. Here's <laughs> a question bird in three. The hand. Amazing. A How bird? many Olympic events are there in the decathlon? Yes, Bradley. Ten. Ten is correct. So we got one for Bradley, one for Anita. Jennifer came back the last time. Let's see. Yeah, if she just because you helped her. Who is the reigning MVP in the NFL? Yes, Jennifer. I don't know anything about football. Okay, that's a great answer. Yes, Bradley. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is a really good answer. Yes, Anita. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is correct, Anita. Oh, Man. Screams to the lead with two points. Bradley still with one. Crazy. Jennifer, you got to get one of these right. Or maybe it out. This one's going to be a tough one. What was the first bank of the United States? Yes, Jennifer. Mm, Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo is incorrect, Bradley. <laughs> bank of the United States. That's exactly right. Ah! Did, how did you know yes. that? Because I like early American history. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. Do you, you remember when it was established? 1789. Nope, 1771, but close. So we got two and two. didn't bank until 1771. And Jennifer is still with none. Yeah, Bradley has two, you have two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, our last question. This one's easy. All right. What is the Minnesota State flower? Yes, Jennifer. The lady slipper. You are correct. You are correct. So here we are again. But Jennifer, I'm going to have to exclude you this time. Because Anita won't invite me well, back. And she, always, she rings her buzzer whether she knows the answer or not. Exactly. Yeah, She's very well, good at it, actually. So here's you. our extra thank question, extra credit question between Bradley and Anita oh. for the championship. Just trying Jennifer to stop already me from has a game. Okay. According to the JPGA, what is the stinkiest planet in our universe? The JP, yes, Bradley. Uranus. You said Uranus, you're right. <laughs> Bradley Greenwald is our winner. Thanks for playing, everyone. Eight bits. <laughs> Well, 
welcome to my spaceship. Oh, well, it's our spaceship. Oh, yes. Our spaceship. That's what I meant. Welcome to our spaceship. Oh, wow. Yes. You are surprised, aren't you? Never met aliens before, I assume. Oh, oh boy. Uh, no, uh, uh. Or been teleported onto a flying saucer? Oh, no, no, no. Well, we come in peace. <laughs> what? Maybe someone should have said that in the first place. That we come in peace? No, that it's not just your spaceship. Seriously? I just told you I meant to, then I did say it. Here. Welcome to our spaceship. I did it again. You happy? No. If you really meant to, you would have said it without my prompting. Our spaceship. I'm on the damn title, too, you know. What do you want me to do, hmm? Go back in time. Change what I said. Would that finally make you happy, then? <laughs> you make me happy? I think we've established that that's not on the table. But yeah, fine. Go back in time and fix it like you do every other problem that comes around. But time travel does fix things. It says so in the Chrono Drive radio jingle. Not for the people stuck in the time loop with you. Oh, why do we have the Chrono Drive if we don't want to use it? You're the one who bought it. Yeah, and now you use it all the time as a crutch to fix your terrible judgment and laziness. I wish I never got it for you. Well, you did. You gave it to me and I plan on using it. Um, hello? Well, maybe we can go back and fix that too. No, we can't. Oh, no! It's we! You know very well we can't return it now. That would void the time paradox warranty. And now they worry about the consequences of time travel when there is money involved. Great, just great. Excuse me. I'm sorry if I don't like to waste money. We have plenty of money to not have to worry about silly things like this. Aliens! What? The ocean is coming up at us. Really fast. Oh, smart. Oh, this is your fault, you know. Well, not now. I'm gonna jump us in time. Well, is that is that thing supposed to be blinking like that? Wait! The gross human thing is right. That shouldn't be doing that. Oh, it's fine. Let's go. That blinking red light means it's ready to... discount time travel device here at Tim's time travel and tractors we work tirelessly to make sure that you have the safest most serenely satisfying time travel experience since the birth of the universe through a marriage of technology and unlimited time we take time travel function and comfort to a new level with engineering staff working 37 hours a day, nine days a week, we can tell you we have put the time into making the Time Travel Tractor TM the only way for the sophisticated traveler to dwell in the past, to borrow trouble from the future, or to just make your lunch break last forever. So, the next time you think to yourself, if I could turn back time, you don't have to search far to find a way. Tim's Time Travel and Tractors. Yeehaw! Uh, welcome, everyone. This is Joan Griffith. I'm your Odd Bits and End Pieces interviewer. And my guest is the fabulous Bradley Greenwald. Hi, Bradley. Hello, Joan. 
<laughs> I'm so happy to see you. I'm so happy to see you and hear your voice. Oh, well, before we get too carried away with ourselves here, you're here to sing. And what are you going to sing? Uh, this is a song from a version of Peter Pan that Leonard Bernstein wrote the music for, and also the lyrics. It's called, Who Am I? All right. Well, I can barely wait. Funny the thoughts I have at night So different from the thoughts I have by day The moment Mama switches off the light A thousand different questions come my way And stay I was it all planned in advance or was I just born by chance in July oh who on earth am I did I ever live before as a mountain lion or as a fly my friends only think of fun they're all such incurable tots. Can I be the only one who thinks these mysterious thoughts? Someday I'll die. Will I ever live again? As a rooster or a hen Or a lion in a den Or a robin or a wren Or a fly Oh, who am I? Bradley that was so beautiful. Thank you, Joan. <laughs> and can you tell me why you picked that song and, and what, it, what it means in this context or what it means to you? Well, I knew that, that Jen and I were going to be doing Carried Away, and I thought, well, something, something on the opposite end of the spectrum from that. And that was the first song that popped into my head. Well, it's a very, very nice one to, to pop into your head. And, and I, I'm a big Bernstein fan. Are there other songs that you love to sing of his? I love pretty much everything that Bernstein wrote. Um, I think Bernstein, um, of of course, he's a very appreciated composer, but I think in a hundred years, when people are looking back at the 20th century, Bernstein will be even more cherished than he is now. Yeah, I've had the opportunity to play many of his things, and it just sticks with you. Mm -hmm. Just such a long time, too. And do you have a favorite role? that you've played of his music? You know, I'm trying to think if I've, if I've even done a Bernstein show. Mm-hmm. Um, I've sung lots of the music, but I don't think I've ever been in any of the, the stage musicals of Bernstein. Well, maybe. So maybe that'll change. Maybe I'll be <laughs> Officer Krupke in some uh, production of West Side Story when I'm 83. Well, there we go. That'd be perfect. Um, and I know, just because I know you, that that not only do you s- sing fabulously well, but you also write. Um, 
you know, uh, librettos and things? Is that yeah, that's I've, true, I've been it? lucky enough to collaborate with some people who <laughs> trusted me enough to do that. But yeah, I wrote uh, a libretto for Libby Larson, mm-hmm. an adaptation of Madeleine LaEngle's novel, A Wrinkle in Time, that Libby then um, composed into a absolutely fabulous opera. Uh, and then I adapted Cyrano de Bergerac for Theatre La Teda with music by Robert Elhai. Um, and currently, Stephen Epp and I are doing a version of Puccini's Gianni Schicchi uh, for La Teda. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's quite the wild trip. I bet. I mean, how is that a different challenge? I mean, what do you, what do you, have you learned from doing that? Um. It's, well, the, f- the first obvious thing is that um, unless you're collaborating with doing a collaboration like Steve and I are doing, um, writing is, is a solitary occupation that you do um, instead of most of the work, all of the other work that I do that is collaboration, um, whether it's um, with a pianist or with other singer-actors or uh, instrumentalists. You're always working with people, but writing is very different. Um, and uh, I've, I've learned a lot from it, and I also learned that I really enjoy doing it. Wow. Yeah. So you get to sit at your desk or your computer and, and, and not have to worry about your blocking. Yeah, it's really fun to go, yeah, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> or remember, remember words that aren't memorized. <laughs> Uh, it's fun to go down that rabbit hole. I enjoy it. Oh, fantastic. Well, maybe you'll come back and share more of that with us. So thank you, Bradley. It was beautiful. It's a pleasure. Tonight's top story has to do with the unusual weather we have been experiencing. Many experts are now saying that, since it is colder than the average for this time of year, global warming is now overwhelmingly thought to be fallacious. We spoke with YouTube weather commenter and hardware store checkout clerk Jack Hoosie-Watsitz to get his take on this difficult debate. He told us, This morning I woke up and it was much colder than it was this time last year. The world can't be warming up. He followed up the comment in between stacking bags of cow manure fertilizer in the garden department. If the climate is changing, how come they have to de-ice airplanes? Tell me that. 1980 high school graduate Jill Zubopper agreed with a much more succinct thought. We were able to steal a comment from her as she scraped ice off of her windshield. Global warming? My ass. She said before we could even say why we were there. To find an opposing opinion on this, we asked Harvard graduate and meteorologist Misty Fogbank. After listening to those two experts, I have to say I am shook. After years of studying the phenomenon of climate change, those few sentences have completely changed me. Global warming is a hoax. There you have it. We finally have an answer to this debate that has been so well-reasoned and argued on both sides. Despite a ridiculous amount of evidence to the contrary, climate change is not real. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast, Odd Bits and End Pieces. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine.